and we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 52. And we're stuck like glue. Oh, gosh. First off the bat, we got new Patreoners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tanya R. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> okay. Dylan B. from Jerseyville, Illinois. Baton Rouge. <laughs> I, I got nothing for Jerseyville. <laughs> but she upped her pledge. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for being a part of the patronage. Last episode, we talked a little bit about Patreon and how we've got big things in store because we met that second goal. Woo-hoo. And we're super, I don't know why I said that so weird, but super excited. Mm-hmm. So we have recorded three bonus episodes for this month. One is our regular old bonus episode that we do every month. Mm-hmm. But with a twist this time. Yeah. One, I had to think about what the twist was. <laughs> One is the milk carton mini-sode, which we've talked about. And then the third one is a little special little lanyop, if you will. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Baton Rouge. Anyway, a little extra for patrons who are the $10, t- $10 tier and above. They get a, a separate episode just for themselves on I Survived. Mm-hmm. So if you want any access to any of these episodes, head on to Patreon to see which tier, which category, which all the things that you like. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, to recap, because, you know, we love to repeat each other. Mm-hmm. Again, Pete and repeat. For the $5, you get two bonus episodes. And then for the 10 and up, you get three. That's a lot of us a month. And, you know, really, for the 10 and up, too, you get the bloopers. Oh, yeah, the bloopers. And this month, we had a conspiracy that was debunked by yours truly, Carrie. It had to do with pizza. <laughs> are we extra large? No. <laughs> no. We, we that's are. a fact. We, we is. We checked notes and it said yes. And that extra little bonus for whatever was for everybody on Patreon. The dollar tier and all all the alls. Yep. Okay. Enough business. Mm-hmm. We're just super proud of ourselves that we actually it's before the end of the month and it is not February 31st. <laughs> okay. And we're releasing all the February stuff. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, we are like on top of shit this month. Mm-hmm. Not on top of anyone, though. Why you gotta bring that shit up? <laughs> Why you gotta put salt in my wound? <laughs> in other news, Facebook and Instagram are wonky AF right now. Yes! So if y'all are having trouble with our group, it's everybody. And also in other news, I cannot believe that Aunt Becky got in trouble. Oh, my God. With these motherfuckers trying to pay their kids' way right. into fucking college pisses me off. Yes. Because you know what I said? I was like, okay, picture this young boy or girl in rural Wyoming <laughs> doing their damn thing, getting all their service hours in, mm-hmm. volunteering everywhere, getting all A's. Being in all the extracurriculars at school. Right. They play on every sport. They're in every club. They're in all the honors. And their spot is taken because mm-hmm. someone else cheated and bought their way in. Yep. That makes my blood boil. Yes. Yes. It's like as if you weren't privileged enough already. Mm-hmm. Then you just go and add 
a whole fucking extra layer. And, you know, here's my thing. Some of them paid anywhere from $200,000 up to like $6.3 million. I did not know that number. Yes. It's like, at what point does your cost outweigh the benefit to the child? I mean, it's all stupid, but I'm saying yeah. if you spend $6 million <laughs> to get them into, I don't know, Stanford, they're really not going to make that much more than in, over a lifetime right. of someone that went to the local state school. Well, they're probably never going to make $6 million. Well, but if they if they really are going to be like an attorney or a doctor, blah, yeah. blah, 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 where they make, because those are the only two careers in my head. Yeah. <laughs> they make a lot of or some business degree, like from the jump, they may have a leg up, but eventually, yeah, I don't know. I guess it got, you think it all comes out in the wash, but privilege is privilege, so it really oh, doesn't. Sure. So they probably would still be set up to make more later in life. Because no matter how much that other person works, Mm -hmm. well, they have buddies that they went to Stanford with. So they're going to get the fucking nepotism at its best. I don't know. It chapped my ass when I read that. Yes. You know what chapped my ass even fucking more? What? Is they were faking disabilities for (gasps) these kids to get longer testing time. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That, again, because you know what? We're finally getting shit set up for people who need the help. Yes. Need extra time. Need somebody to read them the questions. Need a break. Mm-hmm. Whatever the whatever the accommodations are. And then somebody's got to fucking fuck it up. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to take it to the extreme. Yeah. Use it when they don't need it. And so it's you know, that people who use... Like, people who are the exception and not the rule mm-hmm. and makes us have to change the rule. Yep. That makes me mad, too. Oh, for sure. Apparently, I've been really mad today and yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like the, like the opioid stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll take dad, for example. Kidney stones, lots of surgeries, all the things. And he, I forgot what dad went to the doctor for recently. But they gave him some pain medicine for something. And they're like, well, we can only give you a seven-day supply like, because of the new laws or whatever. Yeah. Which I, I know it's everything's everywhere is different and yada, yada, yada. I don't really know all the rules. But, like, so he couldn't get more than that because people have abused it. And so it's yes. like the people who actually need that medical care mm-hmm. aren't getting it because it's been abused. Yeah. Or, like, how you have to go behind the counter yes. at, the, at the Walgreens to get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, and just, like, with my dad, he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So, I have to go get his medication that has to be written, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, I have to go multiple times. And it's, he couldn't do it. Like, if I, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It just. um, Because you can't call those prescriptions in anymore. It's an inconvenience. And it would be different if, it's an inconvenience that's so minute that Mm -hmm. I have to do that. It's just. The people who abuse it don't even need it. Or don't even... I just I just don't like selfishness. No. And that make, that's selfish because you fucked it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, good job. You had one fucking job. Yes. Ugh. Man, how do we even get on that tangent? I'm, I don't know, but yes, all of that. All of that stuff. This is why we can't have nice things. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand when it's like a new buildings coming up you know like oh we're getting a new a new walgreens you Mm -hmm. know and it's like yes i needed one out here and then someone 
fucking busts the window uh-huh. or graffitis it mm-hmm. or robs it mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, okay, so nothing else is going to come out this way. Right. Because of you. And then they're the ones who are like, we need better blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like, because you're a fucking fuckwad mm-hmm. and you ruin it for everyone. I don't want to go 20 miles to the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I want to be able to have Chick-fil-A okay. here. This took a turn. <laughs> Look. I just want the good, good nuggets. I want them to give me an extra fucking nugget in there. That is happiness. Mm-hmm. Y'all know who, y'all know what I'm talking about. Me and Carrie, if we would eat, we'd have to count to see who got the extra one. Mm, which it wasn't usually. It's not like it happens that no, often. No, that's, that's it though. It's like, ooh, ooh, oh, I don't know what that was. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to calm down. Step off our soapboxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Where are we traveling to? Well. Oh, God. To your house. Picture it. Oh, shit. You're at your house. And my fire alarm went off? <laughs> no. Again? No. For no reason? No. I mean, it really did just a minute ago, and I, like, wanted to shit myself. Because <laughs> I swear Carrie's house is haunted from a mirror that she purchased, but I digress. So, it's not really about you or your house, but this is something that you don't go to do. You can do it at your house, and that's what's dangerous. It's called the Midnight Game, and what you do is you summon this person called the Midnight Man. Is he related to Candyman? Don't say that name again. Candyman? Shh. Willy Wonka? (laughs) You better say Willy Wonka. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Allegedly, the Midnight Game is an old pagan ritual. It was mainly used as punishment for those who had broken religious laws. And it was mainly used as a scare tactic. Like, don't disobey the rules. Don't disobey the gods. But there was still an a chance of death if you do this. But then there's even higher of a chance that you would have permanent mental scarring. What? Yeah. So, highly recommend you do not play the midnight game. However, if you were like, ooh, I love a good thrill, and you want to play it, that's at your own risk, and... Don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying don't do it. But if you do it, send in your experiment. I mean, experience. (laughs) (laughs) But don't do it. But how do you do it? I was going to (laughs) say, but here's the instructions. You're going to need some materials. Because all of these games that I talk about, you have to have a certain blah, Mm. blah, blah. You're going to need a candle, a piece of paper, a pen or a pencil, matches or a lighter, salt, A wooden door and at least one drop of your own blood. What you got to do with the door? I don't know why it has to be wooden. I guess because it's like a natural fiber, what? A natural material? Yeah. Most people don't have real wooden doors. I know. Like, one, I want to be like, she, she, those are fucking expensive. Expensive. I know. (laughs) Building a house in a, a... I know. I know. I have a door or two I want to replace, and I'm like, mm-mm. 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 
But like, Mm-mm. no, that hollow core, that sounds fine to me. It's made out of plastic. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'll put a curtain over there. Mm-hmm. It's okay. All right. Step one. Get your piece of paper. Get your pencil. Write your full name, Mary Jane Smith. Prick your finger. Get one drop of blood on the paper. So, poop. Allow it to soak into the paper. Then turn off all the lights in basically your living room. Mm-hmm. Go to your wooden door, which is normally a front door. Place the paper with your name and blood on the front of the door. I gotta go outside? Mm-mm. It's basically in front of you on the okay, door. Okay. okay, okay. Now, take out a candle, light it, and then place it on top of the paper. It's basically telling you, like, put it by the door, on the ground, put the candle oh, on top of it. Okay. I thought we were using the blood to stick it to the paper. I mean, stick it to the thing. Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. it was still kind of wet, like, it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. That makes more sense now. I mean, you were going, like, real, like... I was like, how Real sacrifice kind of shit, like... I was like, how the fuck are you going to put a damn candle <laughs> on some flimsy ass... You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I'm picking it up now. I got it. I got it. Then, you have to knock on the door 22 times. But the last knock has to be at 12 a.m. midnight. Then open the door, blow out the candle, close the door, and that means that you have just allowed the midnight man to enter your house. Mm-mm. I don't want him to. Mm-hmm. Immediately relight your candle, and this is where the game begins. He goes, shave and a haircut. Two bits, two points, two. Two bits, yeah. Oh, I was right. Fuck. You must now walk around your house, completely dark other than candlelight, and you have to avoid the Midnight Man at all cost until 3.33 a.m. If your candle ever goes out, that means that the Midnight Man is near you and you must relight your candle within the next 10 seconds. Oh, well, I would definitely have a lighter and not matches. Right? My luck, I'd get, like, the casino matches that <laughs> come in, like, the little flappy thingy. Yes. And you can't ever fucking light those. No. Ugh. And if it goes out, you're in, like, complete darkness trying to... And you got the candle in one mm-hmm. hand, the matches in the... No, just give me a lighter. Yeah. And the, like, kind of lighter, the candle lighter. You know what I mean? Like, that you have at your house, not just, like, a cigarette lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the blow torches went for like uh for like cigars or something. Yes. That's the kind I would have. I was thinking creme brulee. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag personality differences. <laughs> Hashtag I love dessert. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And hashtag extra. Like, I'm gonna have this torch. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we'd, like, burn the wick up, and we wouldn't yes. ever get the light, the lamp on. The lamp? Cool. hmm If you're not successful in relighting it in the 10-second constraint, you must immediately surround yourself with a circle of salt. And if you're unsuccessful in both of those, the Midnight Man will create a hallucination of your greatest fucking fear. I just need to have a question. Mm-hmm. 
does this person have motherfucking cargo shorts on or something? Because how are they carrying all this shit? <laughs> right? A candle, a lighter, salt, mm-hmm. pepper, mm-hmm. paprika. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what? It's funny you should say that because new merch alert, we have a fanny pack for the midnight game. Just, don't use it for that, though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, we don't have a fanny pack? No. Well, you just, never know. They're back in. I know. But, no. If you are successful in creating the circle of salt, you must remain there until the 333 mark. They also have to have a phone or an alarm clock with them in their mm-hmm. cargo shorts. Yep. But you don't want to have to end in the salt circle. You want to... Avoid the midnight man. So if your candle starts to flicker, leave that space. Go to another room because he's close. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in that salt circle, he can still be around you. Yeah. You know, and like circle you and shit. So you don't want to be a sitting duck. Yeah. Especially because if your candle's not lit... I wouldn't know if I had the full salt or whatever. I was just about to you say know? that. Like, how thick does the circle need to be? What <laughs> if I? What if a little bit of salt doesn't touch? Like, yeah. Well, and I'm a big girl. I might sit or my foot might knock it when I right. fall down. And Because, you know. You will like fall I, down. I, I, I plop down. I mean, let's just be Oh, honest. I assumed you would just stand there. <laughs> Donna sitting during this. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to sit my ass down. Because then, like, say you do this at 12 and you have to wait till 3.33. I ain't standing there. I'd have, let's be honest, I'd have to pee. <laughs> oh, shit. I would need like an oblong. Uh, <laughs> Just a long trace, like yes. a Hansel and Gretel trail to the bathroom. He'd be like, when? When's this circle going to end? He'd be picture the midnight man just walking behind me being like, God dang, when's this circle, circle going to close? No, he's going to be like, you need to see a doctor about this. I have one. <laughs> All right. So I talked about the flickering of the candle. You can you can tell that he's close that way, but also a sudden drop in temperature, and you you can see a pure black humanoid figure. And so it's saying in that darkness, you would see a solid black figure. You know, mm-hmm. something darker than dark. Mm-mm. Also, you can hear very soft whispering. Sometimes you would be able to understand it. Other times it would just be barely, you know, recognizable. Here's what you do not do. Do not turn on any of the lights during the midnight game. Do not use a flashlight. Do not go to sleep. That right there counts you out. I'm fucked. Do not attempt to use another person's blood on your name. I think that was written for me because I'd be like, yeah, we can play this, but will you prick your finger and put it on here? I feel like I thought this was an individual game. Why would you have somebody else there? You can have it multiple people. Okay. You just all have to have your own paper and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you get to, do you get all get your own candle and do you all get to stay together when you're walking around? Mm -hmm. Most importantly, do not attempt to provoke the midnight man in any sort of fashion. Looking at you, Dibbic douche. Because you know he'd be like, mm-hmm. come at me, bro. Oh my God, I got possessed and I'm so angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So who is this midnight man? I don't know. He is an entity 
a demonic entity. Nope. Sign me not up. Mm-hmm. Who you are inviting into your home. No. How, why you got, how, when's he leave? How you get him to go? Win the game. You have to win it. And at 3.33, he will leave. Okay. And then I'm sure you just opened a portal for all his minions. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Win, lose, or draw, you lose. <laughs> if he catches you, most believe he will possess you or form an attachment to you. Some say that he makes you live out your worst nightmares over and over and over. And then others say he can come back during these hours every night. And, of course, Mm -hmm. torture you that way. Basically do whatever the fuck he wants to do. No, not okay. And then, again, some say death. And that's usually by him forcibly removing your organs one by one. Ouch. So, I am going to share some stories I found on Reddit. So, they're highly credible, right? So, this one guy, he followed the directions. It's right after midnight. Everything's silent. Dead silent. So silent that he can hear the candle making a sound as the wick burned. And he said that it sounded like air hissing out of a leaking balloon. Hmm. And in his observation, he's like, I bet this is the whispering sound that they hear. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's he's trying it, but he's very much a skeptic. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is how you would be like, all right, this, this could be this. So, yeah. okay. I'm, Analyzing it. Yeah. Everything seemed fine, and then he walked by the dining room and just instinctively looked at the window, and he sees a dark silhouette. He's not the screaming type of guy, so internally, he's freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, what the fucking fuck? Yeah. Finally, he starts to rationalize, and he's like, there's a candle Burning in that window of that figure. Oh, it's me. Mm-hmm. It was his reflection. Yeah. But it's just, that's how quick it went from him analyzing it and saying, oh, this is the whispering they hear to him walking and already being like, oh, fuck, oh, that's fuck. him. Yeah. You know? In that amount of time, that's a long time, though. Three hours. Like, if you were by yourself... That's a long time for your brain to put tricks on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing of this. By 1.10, his candle goes out. And he is, again, analyzing it and rationalizing it. And he's like, I'm probably holding it too close to my face. Or it was flickering and I didn't even notice it because I'm fucking tired. Mm -hmm. He quickly relit it. All good. A little after 2... He was, again, just standing in the darkness, and he said the worst part was trying to stay awake. Yeah. He said illusions became more vivid, but probably because of sleep deprivation. Right. So he would see figures sitting in chairs, and if he looked too long in a room from the darkness, he would see figures, like a humanoid shape, but it would be furniture, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Or a stack of books. That kind of thing. Well, 
He even thought he heard the faint sound of carnival music in the distance. Shit. So he is like, I've got to record this. Takes out his phone, but the fucking, he, you know, hits a button and the bright screen lights up. You can't do that. Yes. He's like, oh, fuck. Puts it in his pocket because he's like, I, you can't have a flashlight. And yeah. that would, you know, Midnight Man not might not know. Yeah. And he'd be like, that's a flashlight. Tally for Midnight Man. <laughs> Around 2.40, he goes into his father's study. And he hadn't been in this room all night. And he remembered stories that his parents would tell him about the house back when they bought it over two decades ago. This room had a trap door leading to a cellar. And they never opened it, but they put carpet over it instead. But you can still hear, like, if it creaks, Mm -hmm. which it's going to if you walk over it. Yeah. It would reverberate in the hollow cellar below. Yeah. So he's like, I cannot think about that anymore. You know, that's fucking scary. Suddenly, there's rustling in the corner and heavy breathing. So he slowly turns around and he gets two dark eyes in the candlelight. He's like speechless. And then he realizes it's just his dog. Oh, my God. And she is panting because she just saw that he came in. She was asleep. He woke her up. And, you know, she's like, what if the demon attaches to your dog? Why would you do that with your dog there? Oh, God, girl. Put your dog in their kennel and put some fucking (laughs) salt around them. Damn, that's a good idea. Thanks. Even though Marley probably would lick the salt and No, you would just do it wide enough that Mm. they'd be okay. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. No, that poor puppy. I know. So now that she's up, it's toilet time. So he's like, all right, take her out. He can't leave. Mm-hmm. So he said that he didn't know that you couldn't open the door. But he said, if you were going to play this game, I say don't play it. But if you are, do not open any door. Because shit got real after this. He said that he actually had to make his dog go out because she would just stay there at the door whimpering. And she had her ears lowered, her tail stopped wagging. So he had to encourage her and say, go out. Yeah. Get on, little doggy. (laughs) He doesn't have a light on outside, though. And so he has to kind of squint to see where she's going. But at that point, when he's looking for her... He feels the urge to check behind him. And he is like, this has been a common theme all night that I've felt paranoid. But this time, I know I'm being followed. He said it's not a paranoid action. This is a reaction to something. Yeah. He turned and looked down the long hallway. And from the back door to the entrance hallway was like 20 meters In that hallway, he saw a figure. And this time, he couldn't reason out, oh, it's furniture or whatever. This is just in a blank hallway. And again, it was dark, but this figure was darker than dark. It was humanoid, and it was short. But it was short because it was, like, hunched over. Mm -hmm. It did not say anything. It did not move. 
Well, that's all he needed. He said he was overwhelmed, was like, fuck this, hit the light switch on. He did not care about the rule anymore, got his dog in, was like, I'm going to bed. Turned on all the lights, went through his house, turning on every light, and finally fell asleep around 3 o'clock. He fell asleep fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said he had one of the most vivid dreams he ever has had in his life. It was the only time he's ever died in his dream. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. He was fighting a strange man in an alleyway, and he, the man was dressed like a homeless man, but he was faceless. Suddenly, he whipped out a knife and slashed this guy before he could even react. And there was a sharp burning pain in his throat, and he couldn't breathe. So in the dream, he felt like he was choking to death, and everything was going black. And he said at that time, everything went black. And the last thing he can think about, his brain was screaming, breathe, fucking breathe. Shit. He suddenly jolted awake, and he said he gasped for breath. Like, he actually stopped breathing in oh real life. And he ended the story saying, fuck everything about that. Oh, my God. I wonder if he'd have been fine if he'd have just, like, quickly done the circle of salt around himself. Yeah, Instead probably. of, like, aborting mission and doing not doing the rules, mm-hmm. just put some fucking salt around you. And he was so close. Mm-hmm. All right. So, this next one, this is a couple who do it, like a pair of friends. And something that he said was that it was an ordinary day before he did his errands and everything, but he went to a Chinese restaurant and he never looks at the fortune cookie. And this time he did. And it said, expect the best. And he said, just with that, knowing what he was going to do later, Mm -hmm. he said it didn't give him hope. It kind of like, was really creepy. Like, hmm. what is the best? Because he wanted to see the Midnight Man, but also didn't want to, like, be possessed. Right. And then, like, again, he went probably to fucking, like, local Walgreens. Why are we, like, plugging Walgreens so much? I don't know. I mean, I do get my prescriptions there, and if you can give me a discount, shout out. Right. And he had to get a candle for him and his friend. And the total for that was three thirty three. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So they do it twelve a.m. The final knock. After about forty five minutes of just walking, nothing had really happened. And again, their minds were seeing things with the furniture, but they were easily to say, "Oh no, that's you know the desk chair that has the jacket over it." Right. And they both were like. I was expecting more out of this. This isn't real scary. Well, then at 1.15, both of them saw a silhouette at the end of the hallway. There was no furniture there. Nothing could explain it. And so they sat down on a couch and waited for a little bit to move. Like, maybe if we stay in this spot, yeah, we'll be okay. Because, again, the hallway was kind of scary. Yeah. Around 120, the temperature has a sudden drop. That would make me tired, too. Like, if it was, if I was doing this and Mm -hmm. I'm, like, you got to stay awake, but it got cold like that. Oh, I know. I would want to go to sleep. Yes. Around 230, 
they get up and do some walking. And this is when he has his first full-on hallucination. And he knows it's a hallucination because his friend didn't see it and he can't debunk it. And he was while he was typing this, he said just having to retype this part was giving him goosebumps. What he saw was a woman in front of him with her back turned. She was about 5'3", and she wore a yellow dress and had shoulder-length red curly hair. And he kept asking his friend if he could see her. And he would be like, see what? See who? Mm -hmm. Well, while he was asking, she slowly turned around. And he said, I knew I should have looked away or blinked, but I couldn't. I was petrified. And once her face was fully visible, he almost fell over from the shock because she was missing an eye Mm. and where her eyeball should have been was some sort of spider. Ew. Her other eye was still technically connected, but it was some pink stringy looking tendon and it was hanging down to her cheek, her eyeball. And he said he kept blinking and blinking like, this isn't real. This isn't real. And she finally was gone. And he was like, look, I'm fucking done. Yeah. And the friend was like, no, 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 no. We're, we have to continue this. So at 3 a.m., things just keep getting worse. He hasn't seen anything near as bad as the first hallucination, but he keeps seeing weird shit. At 3.33, the time that it should be over... They heard footsteps come in from upstairs, but it would be in multiple locations. Hmm. Um, it was all the demons they released in the right? house. Right? Yeah. It's the Midnight Man going, where the fuck are they? Yeah. Well, as their little alarm went off, ding, 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 it is exactly 3.33. He could hear a high-pitched snickering coming right from below him. Oh, my God. But he's like, I don't fucking care. We've won. It's 3.33. Turns on the lights, immediately goes to sleep. Which, I do not know how these people immediately go to sleep. No, I wouldn't. No. And I mean, I could fucking go to sleep. Yes. Any fucking time. But it would take a minute to be like, oh my God, this is what I saw. This is what happened. What'd you see? You know? Yes. That's when you would get your second wind, Mm -hmm. I feel like. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have to go to Waffle House and order toast. (laughs) He said he had a nightmare. And it was... Worse than his fucking hallucination with the wonky eyes. That would be your, like, hallucination Mm -hmm. torture. Yes. Because you're so weird about eyes. Oh, my God. And if they were doing that gurgly cough thing. Uh Uh-huh. He said all of his hallucinations were there in his nightmare. And the noises were coming from all around him. And he crouched down in a dark little corner of a room... And his hands were over his eyes, and he kept feeling them brush up against him. Oh, my gosh. He And he could not open his eyes. And he said now he lays awake every night to this nightmare. And he still doesn't know what it means, but he said, all I know is that I lost, because this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. But again, that if you lose, the Midnight Man can come back at that hour and torture you however he wants. Yeah. And so he's not being able to sleep now, too. So why did he lose? How did he lose then? I don't know. Unless the game continues on 
the whole 333 minute. Maybe. And it doesn't technically end until the clock strikes 334. Yeah. And he heard the snickering below him. Mm-hmm. And immediately turned on the lights and stuff. So maybe he should have, like, waited a little bit after. Yeah, because the snickering was like, ha, ha, ha. The alarm went off. He thinks he's done. Mm-hmm. And he really wasn't. Mm. He said that he's thinking of seeing a psychiatrist soon because this has been weeks and weeks. And he said, I had to get my story out first. And he would appreciate any advice you have. But the only advice he has is if you haven't played the game, do not play it. You don't have to worry about that because I ain't playing it. Right? This is the like, last one from Reddit. It was one and it's three of them. It was one and it's three of them. It was one story and it's three people. Annie is one of this guy's friend and Jay. They're all up for it. They're like, we gonna do it. Mm-hmm. The weekend came. Her parents were away. So they all stayed over at her house. And they're all still in middle school oh, at this time. no. Mm-hmm. Again, midnight came. They knocked. Everything was going good. I wonder why 22 knocks. I don't know. You would think it would be like 33 with mm-hmm. all his stuff. So at like 1217... It had, they were, you know, laughing, kind of taunting, no fucking fucks were yeah, given. because they're middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, got colder. Annie's candle went out. Uh-oh. All freaked. She managed to light it within five seconds, so they hurried to another room. So now it's been an hour later. It's at one they They've been walking around scared shitless, but they didn't want to give up. And they kept blaming it on the wind or their breathing. He said they saw things. They heard things. And then Annie's like, hey, let's split up. And Jay and him are like, uh, uh, fuck no. Right. We watched Scooby-Doo. Literally, they probably watched Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. 142, his candle goes out in the living room. But he relit it within eight seconds. At 248, Jay went into the bathroom For, like, the fourth time, you know, they had been going in and out of every room. Well, like, she went in and then, whoop, was out. And so, they run after her because they weren't in the bathroom. Yeah. And it sounded like she was crying. And she said, I saw him. I saw him. He's here. Mm -mm. Her candle went out while she ran. She stopped in the kitchen, tried to relight it, but she couldn't get it to burn. Ooh. Better pour that salt, girl. She tried the light switch, but it wouldn't work because we had turned off the power just in case. Yeah. These people were legit. Yeah. She poured the salt circle in a panic. 313 now. Oh, my God. They're scared to death. Jay's in a circle of salt, and a noise behind them makes this the guy who's writing it jump. He turns so fast. Fast that he dropped his candle. Oh, it no. went out and he oh, didn't fuck. have time to pick it up. So he just poured salt. Oh shit. Sat down in a circle. Thankfully it was next to Jay. So they both look at Annie. Like, come come sit. Yeah. And she is like, I will not lose this game. We're so fucking close. Yeah. Then because she was a little bitch. Mm-hmm. A little bishy. She 
spat on the floor. Like what? I can't do it. No, don't taunt him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you're so freaking close. And they are like open mouth, like (gasps) wait, you know, because they're both sitting in a fucking salt circle. Exactly. And they're like, shit, Annie is now all alone. And we're not leaving from this circle. Mm -mm. Sorry about you. Right. So 3.20 a.m., they hear her talking in another room. And they wanted to see what's going on. But Jay was like, no, no, no. We're still playing. So Mm -hmm. we have to stay here. Yeah. And they heard something going on. But they would not get up and go look for her. Then they hear a scream. Oh, God. And they still don't go and look for her. No, they'll lose. Yeah. Then the person writing this, he said he heard a whisper, saw a humanoid figure several times while sitting in the circle. He wanted to run, cry, pee his pants all at the same time. Right. 3.33 a.m. The alarm went off. They sat there for a minute longer and they found Annie in her bedroom. She was crying, and they're like, hey, it's all over. We're, you fucking won. And, I mean, technically they did, too, because they were in the salt. Yeah. And she hugged them and was just sobbing. And she whispered through tears, I thought you were dead. <gasps> that's what he told her, and that's what they heard her talking about. And then oh my the screen. They didn't, like... She was like, y'all just, let's go to bed. I don't want to talk about it. Well, two days later, she finally told them some stuff. And she said that after she had left them, she heard whispers. Her candle went out. And so she poured the salt, but there wasn't enough. No. And the midnight man got her. That's all she would tell them. She said that all she could hear was her friend screaming. And then he's taunting her by saying they're dead. They're, you know, we have got them too now. So when they came in, she was overwhelmed thinking, oh my God, you're alive. Yeah. But it completely changed her. She doesn't talk about it anymore. She doesn't want to read like Reddit that they, you know, would be on all the time. She doesn't talk to anyone, but her parents... And her two best friends. And now, again, every night, she has that horrible dream that her friends are dying. Ugh. I cannot imagine having that recurring dream. Oh, my gosh. No. There's a lot of videos on YouTube about people playing it and whatnot. And they also call it a 3 a.m. challenge. And a lot of people did it. I didn't watch all their videos because some of it's, like, spoofy or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it was a huge craze. And I don't understand people doing these crazy challenges. Like, nothing about this makes me want to do it. You know? Like, lose sleep, have to fucking exercise, and be in the dark. And an R word could be around. Like, no, no. I know. No, no to the Momo. So, from all those stories, what I gather is I'll never fucking play this game. Nope. It sounds terrifying. Yep. And even if you don't see the fucking Midnight Man, you're likely to scare yourself 
because your mind's playing tricks on you because it's dark. Yeah. You have the candle, so your eyes have to adjust to the flame to see around it. Then you're looking out in the darkness. So then you're seeing shit in the darkness from the flame. Exactly. You know, and I feel like you doing that for three hours straight, being sleep deprived. Yeah. That's just going to fuck with you anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, I feel like you kind of, you are the demon. Even if this isn't real, you're the demon and that's, like, you're so affected by it that you kind of, like, haunt yourself. Yep. Shit. So. Stay away from those games. Yes. Because it's just inviting, like. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all right. You invite him in. You do your little knick-knack paddywhack and you give a dog a bone no but literally you give a demon a bone and you're like yeah come on in but you can't get them back out then right you know like it's not like oh dinner's you know dinner time gotta go home exactly Mm-mm. no 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 it's like an open door invitation now mm-hmm. and uh uh oh fuck you you never know what you're opening the door to as well like Mm -hmm. it may not just be the midnight man it could be multiple men who like midnight (laughs) you know what i mean and not the fun kind (laughs) you know you know little little, little Mm -hmm. midnight hanky panky Mm -hmm. again the midnight minute man but uh when i want no minute man well damn that's good but i yeah that's scary because again it just opens you up to so Mm -hmm. much shit yeah even like, I know we have a couple listeners who do this, but I feel like this is kind of the same thing where, like, they'll just like look into the mirror for time, mm-hmm. and the mirrors like tells the you scrying. Yeah, it, like we get sure, mm-hmm. but it like tells you what you need and all, yeah. You know. But I feel like if you, I feel like if you are looking into it for that long and or in the darkness or mm-hmm. anything like that alone, your mind can just play such serious mm-hmm. tricks on you, and again. It just is inviting maybe what you don't want invited. Yeah. And it makes me nervous. There's even a game called Three Kings, which is like this. But it's just what you're talking about. You put two mirrors, like picture a dressing room mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, two mirrors right there. And you sit in the middle. So it's like you're... Uh, Three people. uh Uh-huh. And so, like, you... Look at yourself in the mirror for, like, probably fucking three hours. Yeah. And you're supposed to be able to see your future and, like, how you die, I think, or something. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, would I like to know all that stuff? Absolutely. But I don't want to have to deal with the pain and the right. all the shit that it opens me up to. Yeah. Damn, that's a good one. Yay! That's a little scarier than, like, bloody murder. Bloody murder. <laughs> Bloody murder. <laughs> Bloody Mary and stuff to me. Yeah. I guess, too, because it's like, I've done Bloody Mary before, and I know, for me, mm-hmm. I ain't going to say it's not. I'm going to say, for me, it didn't work. Yeah. Now, granted, you had taught us all the rules, and so I know I just shit all kind of fucking Yeah. <laughs> but, so I think that's why that's not as scary mm-hmm. to me is like, this. Like, there's no fucking way I do this. Right. Like, no fucking way. Because it almost sounds like... You can't win it because even if you quote unquote mm-hmm. win, 
you've put yourself through this like psychological trauma and torture. And so you're going to keep reliving it. Yeah. Crazy. That was a good one. Thank you. Well, that's a tough act to follow. (laughs) But I see you, the creepiest story ever. And I raise you Mm -hmm. the serial killer that some call the Ted Bundy of South Africa. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And his name is Moses Sitole. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you that whenever I first Googled him, mm-hmm. like, because I didn't have a clue who I wanted to do. And I looked through my list and I was like, I don't really want to do anybody that's on my list right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get, like you look at the same list over and over and over again. I'm like, I just want something fresh. I want something new. Yeah. And to me. And so I was looking up just this list of like famous killers, just some yeah. some silly list that, and I was like, oh no, you know what it was? It was the killers with like serial killers with the most kills. Oh, and it was like number seven before it got to anybody in America. And I was like, golly, like you know all these from all these different countries. And I was like, you know what? We have a few listeners, I think, in South Africa. Looking at you, Sharice, who stays up with us super late. Her time mm-hmm. to do the watch party. Let's see what they've got. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I came upon him, and I was like, oh, my God, I've never heard of this guy. Right. Which I feel like I probably should have <laughs> at this point, but I hadn't. So, but anyway, so I was like, oh, my God, I don't know this person. Like, yeah, let me look him up. So, I just want to say, just know that I try really fucking hard with these names. Oh, <laughs> And I am going to butcher them. And I tried really hard. Because especially when it comes to, like, victims and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to say their names incorrectly because I, it takes away from them. But this is fucking hard. <laughs> is he attractive like they say mm-hmm. Ted Bundy was? Mm-hmm. But, like, is he legit attractive? Well, I don't really think Ted Bundy's all that That's attractive. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, but he's not, this guy? He's not, like, unfortunate looking. Yeah. But, okay. He had a way with the ladies, though, and he, you know. Yeah, he, okay. okay. We're going to call him Moses, though, because his last name's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his real name, but, yeah. you know. He was from the Gauteng province in South Africa. I'm really shitty with geography, so I hope I'm doing all that right. But that's what it <laughs> is and yeah. things. Okay. When he was five years old, his father died. Oh, gosh. And... His dad was the sole breadwinner for the family, and so they were very poor. His mom, he later said, like, had abused him, and he even said that one of his sisters abused oh, him. Gosh. I don't know. I think it was physical abuse, but I'm not sure. But because of their poverty and, you know, with after his dad passing and all, his mom wasn't able to take care of him. And so she dropped him and his siblings five kids, off at an orphanage. Oh, gosh. The orphanage was in KwaZulu Natal. Okay. I think I said that right. And it was apparently a pretty bad place. Like, lots of abuse there, too. He ran away, I think, twice from the orphanage. I think he ran away for, like, the final time from that orphanage when he was, like, 11 or something. Like, it was something crazy young. And then... He had gone to a couple of different places. One of them, he had a brother named Patrick that he tried to live with and all, and that didn't work out. So he ended up going to work in Johannesburg in the gold mines. 
And so I'm assuming that everything we know about all mining, it's a really right. shitty job and really hard. Yes. Really hard, really dangerous, really all the things. He was like you were asking again, because he's, you know, compared to Ted Bundy, he was handsome. He was very charming. He had lots of relationships with women. Lots of, he's very sexually promiscuous, that kind of thing. So he's not like, there's some pictures where I'm like, oh, yeah, he cute, you know? Yeah. And there's some where I'm like, oh, but, okay, that's him. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Okay, but that picture, though. No. Yeah, so I think it's just like, you know. His angles. <laughs> yeah, well, and also I think, again, he has that, like, charisma, and mm-hmm. he's got that really high social intelligence mm-hmm. and just knows how to read people and talk to people and make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And he's good at small talk that everybody else on the planet fucking hates. Well, besides me. Oh, I hate it. But you don't want to just, like, talk to somebody next to you, like, at the doctor's office. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't. Don't fucking talk well, to me. Well, not at the doctor's office because they sick. It depends on what doctor. Yeah. Yes. All the doctors I go to, you're either sick at, like, my primary or you feel like shit at my specialist. Yeah. So that's not the place. But I like talk to the nurses a lot and, you know, like yeah, stuff you like do. that. I don't. I mean, I talk to people in buffet lines all the time. No. It's not really clear, as with most of our people, where, like, when they, the crime started. But his first recorded rape mm. was in September 1887. No, not at all. Not in the least. September 1987. Oh. He was born in 64. So. Okay. 23. Mm-hmm. And he sexually assaulted Patricia Kamalo. And she was 29. And she reported that he had raped her. And then, like, nothing ever came of it. And then, like. Three years later, she saw him, like, standing, I forget what he was outside of, but she was like, this is him. Yeah. come get him, you know? And so they arrested him, and he went to trial and all that, and then in 89, that's when he went to prison for the sexual assault, and he got six years for the assault. Okay. While he was in, in prison, though, he was treated really poorly by the other inmates like he was he himself was raped and um which i mean like i feel bad it's it's like that's what's so hard about this is because like i do feel bad for him but he wouldn't fucking be in that situation had he not raped somebody else so Mm -hmm. fuck you on the other hand you know what i I mean it's so hard it's so hard because he's human and we're not like him so we feel bad for him but on the other hand fuck you because again you put yourself in that situation you ruined a person's life and are paying the price for you only got six fucking years and the thing is is that for the trial three other people three other women came forward and said that they were victims of his oh i mean for real an eye for an eye well so while he was in prison, he was he only spent four years there. He was released in 1993 for good behavior. And so what happens when every, well, not every, most criminals go to prison and get out, they 
learned how to be better criminals. Mm-hmm. I don't want to generalize. So, not all. He did. Yeah. And. Because he can read a crowd and. Yeah. And just like, I mean. Assimilate. I, I feel like, too, like, what this is what Ed Kemper said. Like, he learned, okay, don't leave a victim alive. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, also, here's the thing, too. Aside from him, like, learning how to be better and yada, yada, yada. He also was very entitled. And he didn't think that he had done anything wrong. Oh, my gosh. Like, he thought that. No means yes. That women owed it to him and that he was, like, women were basically property and he could take whatever he wanted. What? Yes. And so, he didn't think, like, so he thought he was imprisoned falsely because, Mm -hmm. like, there's no such thing as rape. Basically, is how he believed. So, what did he call himself being? Mm Mm-hmm. But... He was raped because he believed that women were, mm-hmm. like, his property. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because some say that it relates back to his mom abandoning, mm-hmm. abandoning you know that word I'm trying to say, him <laughs> and, and all that. But again, oh, fuck you. You yes. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it ain't your mama's fault. Many, many people get abandoned by their parents and don't turn yes. out to be. A serial uh, killer. Yes. And also, I feel like you can you can hate women. All you want. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to rape them. You don't have to kill them. Mm -hmm. You can just hate them. Mm -hmm. Be a one night stand. But he can't. He can't do that. No, I know. But like people, you know, it's like because you can't, you can't blame your mom leaving on that because it's like you, one doesn't suit the other. You know, like Mm -hmm. she leaves. All women are bad so I can rape or what, you know, yeah. like whatever. That's not raping because they're property and I, yeah, whatever. But you can just hate them. But, and, and, but again, though, you're trying to put logic yeah. to the illogical. I also want to highlight a little bit about what's going on in the times here. Okay. When he was growing up, it was during the apartheid when the minority of whites mm-hmm. were trying to create like segregation and separation of the races and he is black. And so that was all happening when he was younger Mm -hmm. as he started his murderous rampage. That is when Nelson Mandela had taken over the apartheid had ended and there was reintegration of everyone and people who are black who had been living in these communities we're now able to move into more urban areas and get new jobs and all this stuff. And so it was kind of a, a moving moving parts of yeah. different populations and stuff. And so you had women who had grown up in these communities that they knew the same people. They were they it was small, everybody knew each other, and then they were moving into these urban areas where they were probably a little more trustworthy than they should be. Yeah. They're looking for work. They're impoverished. They're trying to do right by their families. All the things. So that brings us to like 1994. And Moses had created a company called Youth Against Human Abuse. And it was like basically a shell company. It was completely fake. Oh my gosh. And it was the idea of the company, quote idea. Let's do air quotes around that was that it was supposed to help end violence against women and children. Well, it was all a front. 
Wow. And so wow. what I know. So what he would do was he would have women that would try to use his services as this organization, this like nonprofit organization mm-hmm. to help them find employment. Oh my God. And so what he would do is he would say, Hey, I've got this job opportunity in the town next, you know, the one town over. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to go down there and let you, let you interview or whatever. Well, what he would do is, so again, it was, and the, the age ranges we think were like 18 to 45 of these women. Wow. S- some of them were not sure. So in the time too, like, it wasn't uncommon when you, let's say that you took a bus to the neighboring town and then you got off and you like cut through somebody's field to get where you're going. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't unheard of. So it wasn't like now being a hitchhiker, you know? Yeah. So he would have these women believing that they're going for these job interviews for these positions that are going to completely change their lives. That motherfucker. So, you know, they look their best. They are they got oh their, you know, Sunday best on. They're going to these interviews hoping for this. And the, so they get off the bus or wherever they or they as they're just walking, they'd walk through these remote fields to mm-hmm. get to the place, which there's no reason for them to be on alert because that's commonplace. Mm-hmm. And he would beat, rape, and then murder them. So he progressively got more and more aggressive, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, like as he took victims. And so most of them, he would use a, some sort of garment that they had on them to strangle them. So, you know, a belt, a shoelace, most of the time it was their underwear that he would use to yeah, strangle them. I even hate that, that he uses an article of clothing, like you said, their Sunday best, Mm -hmm. you know, against them. I know. Oh, my God. I am, like, shaking, not with chills, with anger. anger. Like, I'm tearing up. Oh, God. Because it just breaks my heart that he uses abuse people down on their luck. Someone who's, like... Doing their fucking best. Yes, and getting their second chance Mm -hmm. and all of this. And like you said, the age range, it breaks my heart, too, because you have 18-year-olds who are starting their life Mm -hmm. and, you know, have their whole lives ahead of them. And then you have 45-year-olds who are getting their second chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like... yeah. Oh, my God. The, I can't even, oh. I know. All I think about is that final time. They're walking, getting their self psyched up because you know they're nervous for Mm -hmm. this interview. And then out of nowhere. There's some, like, geographical stuff that I'm, we're not going to go into about, like, different places where he had bodies. But he would take, like, multiple women to the same locations. And so, Mm -hmm. like, that's another thing that he would get off on the fact that he's killing this woman, like, right where other women are buried. Yeah. He progressively, again, got more aggressive. I guess what you would say his devolving, I don't know, with, look at me trying to use criminal minds words, but <laughs> where he would make a garrote with their, an article of their mm-hmm. clothing so that it, you know, make it tighter, like, with a stick. 
he sexually assaulted one woman with a stick. No. Mm -hmm. And then he got to where I didn't. One thing I was like trying to read about this. I didn't. My brain couldn't wrap my head around how he did this. But he basically like rigged up the strangulation type positioning of the woman so that as she struggled to break free, it actually choked her more. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I just couldn't figure, picture how he had, like, how they described how he had it. But basically, it was to where, how her hands were tied, the more she tried to yeah. fight it, mm -hmm. the more, you know, the more it strangled her. Yeah. And he would, like, sit back and watch them and masturbate while wow. they were dying. Oh, my God. Fucking piece of... Like, fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like on my best friend's wedding when he's like lower than palm scum. You're the like bacteria that feeds on. That's you? all my, ba my best friend's wedding. Uh-huh. It's also on Greece when she goes, he's lower than scum. He's the, he's lower of something flea. He's an amoeba on the fleas on rats. Oh, uh, yeah. That is That's like, what I thought you were saying. Mm -mm. It's at the end where she tells him mm -hmm. what happened and like, He's chasing Cameron Diaz. She's chasing him. Yeah. And they're at the train station. Okay. I've anyway. only seen it once. Yeah, I didn't like it because it wasn't the ending I wanted. Uh, I know. I know. But, but it's how it should have ended. Yeah. But it's not what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, garrot to me, every time I hear that, John Bonet. Me too. Well, that's how I learned what the fuck a garrot was. Was Same. from that story. Same. But, ugh, every time. So then that just breaks my heart. Even more. Yes. Well, I have one more really sad piece. Oh, fuck. We'll get to it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So his crime spree time span was basically from June or July of 1994 to basically that of 1995. It was like right at 12 months. Okay. Well, in April of 95, the Adder Ridgeville area was what it where it was, they found four bodies of young black women that had been strangled, raped. And so that's when they started realizing that they had a serial killer on their hands. Okay. Well, when the newspapers got wind of the similarities and some killings and some victims that had been found and that sort of thing, they were starting to report on everything. Well, it was right around that time when it started becoming public knowledge that they found one victim's body and they also found her two-year-old son's body. He had been hit in the head and then left to die in the elements. What? Mm -hmm. Like from exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And you know that she just couldn't get a babysitter. And he said, oh, bring him along. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Fuck. He, I didn't even um, think about that. So, fuck. Mm -hmm. So, just... East of where that those first four bodies were found, this is Prejoria, maybe how it said. I'm so sorry I'm pronouncing all this stuff wrong. But they found another, like, set of bodies all in the same vicinity. And they all had the same rape tied up, strangled with their underwear, all of that. Well, on in July, uh, July 17th of 1995, a guy saw a man and a woman together and was like that looks weird like something's weird about that but then he that guy 
the, the 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 timeline of this is confusing to me. How this worked out, I never really found a clear a clear picture of how long the the time was between him going. That's kind of weird. They're kind of their interactions are kind of weird. Something feels weird about that. To him actually finding her body, but he saw who was with her, but he was just too far away to be able to identify mm-hmm. who it was. But that's the thing about these killings that's so fucked up is it's all in broad daylight. Yeah. Every wow. single one of them is in broad fucking daylight. Wow. They There was a special team for investigating that got together with this because they had been finding so many bodies. And they're trying to put them together chronologically, the areas, you know, all that stuff. Did anyone know well, they, they were going to... Interviews, interviews yes, and stuff yes. with this guy. They didn't know who, but they knew that most of them had told their family and friends, like, oh, my gosh, I have this interview coming up, blah, they blah, blah. They didn't say from the Yaha organization. No. no. Okay. In September of 95, there's a body found at the Van Dyke mine, and that's when they found that right there, there were 10 bodies. Oh, my gosh. All with you know, varying degrees of decomp. And, like, it took them 48 hours to, to like, find them all. Holy Hannah. Like, it's such big news that even President Nelson Mandela visited the scene to, Whoa. like, bring press to it. Yeah. They brought in a retired FBI profiler, Robert Ressler, who helped them develop a profile. They said that the, the, the person was intelligent organized, high sex drive, growing sense of confidence. They thought maybe had the help of a second person, but that wasn't right. So while they're, you know, doing all their profiling jazz, getting kind of getting things together, there was a girl by the name of Amelia Rapidal. Probably butchering that, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you had this one. It's so these there's so many hard names mm-hmm. that I'm even like, all these different places that I'm not even saying. Yeah. Well, you had the FBI profiler, and it was a double R or RW or whatever. <laughs> or double R. Robert <laughs> Ressler. Yeah. Mm-mm. They knew that she had last been seen and that she had an appointment with a man named Moses Satoli. And so, he, she was supposed to have an appointment with him on September 7th. And so... While the investigators are looking into it, they found a job application, like saying that she had been offered a position. And then they found another victim that kind of had a similar connection to old Moses, too. Their ears are perked up and they're like, okay, honing in on him. Yeah. But where the fuck is he? So he vanished like a fart in the wind. Yes. So they started a a manhunt for him, basically. A few more bodies were found, and so this was in October 3rd of 1995. Well, the same day that they found, her name was Agnes Mbili, the Star newspaper there got a phone call from a guy saying, like, hey, I'm him, and he told them information that most, again, it wasn't, like, public knowledge, and so they're like, oh, fuck, it really is him. Well, so they were like, okay, well, look, let us set up a meeting with you so that you can tell us everything we have wrong. And he was like... Okay, but oh, of course, God. no, but of course he didn't do it. Oh, okay. Uh, no, he's not like BTK. He I, ain't that Girl, one. I was just thinking about that. He didn't put his floppy disk in a milk carton. 
It's a cereal box, but you get it. Oh, my God. Um, You can't trace a floppy disk, right? No. No. Never. I I still will never forget your laugh whenever (laughs) I said that. Oh, my. Like, okay. I know. Oh, God. Because that's how these people are. They're like, oh, they enjoy the hunt, too. Mm -hmm. No, you're killing people, you fuck wide. Damn, he is like BTK though with his bondage and stuff. Like, but it's not bondage. Like, well, I don't think it's bondage in the same way. And yeah, that I think that BTK, you know, he wanted pictures of him that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were in those positions when he assault sexually assaulted them. Mm. Whereas this guy, I, I no, nah, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> he didn't write me a letter. But I think that he sexually assaulted them and then put them in those positions so that he could watch them die. Yeah. And then he... It was kind of a means to an end. But it was also, he got another, you know, Mm -hmm. additional sexual release then. Yeah. He wanted his fucking hands free. You fucking fuckwad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course I can't find the woman's name or, you know, anything that I need to to give you all the good details about this, but (laughs) there was a woman who worked at a children's home. They called it for like street kids is what they called it, but surely there's a better name for it. But he had approached her being like, well, I have another job opportunity for you. You know, you can come Mm -hmm. interview for it. And she was like, no, you know, I'm good here. I'm happy here. He was like, well, how much do they pay you? She told him and he was like, well, I can get you way more. Like, this is what I can, you know, Mm -hmm. what I can get you. She was able to identify him, like, from a picture and oh. be like, okay, this is him. So, it was, like, one of the pieces that helped yeah. police. But I just, like, he went to this home for kids who are essentially how he was as a yeah. child to take away a caregiver. You know, mm-hmm. anyway. And I may have a couple of those details, Fuzzy, because clearly I didn't write it down. <laughs> well, like you said... You can't reason with him. And Mm -hmm. because he had such a hard time in his home, Mm -hmm. the group home. Yeah. He doesn't care because he's probably thinking. Yeah. You know, eh, she's probably just like the rest of them anyway. True, 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 true. So the manhunt is on because they know it's him. Yeah. When he called the newspaper too, he said like. I'm a serial killer, but you've got some of these details wrong. I didn't rape anybody because basically there's no such thing as rape. Because all these women did me wrong. Mm -hmm. That woman sent me to jail for raping her when, there again, like basically there's no such Mm -hmm. thing. So all of this is my retribution for that. Oh, my gosh. And so they're like, we got to fucking get this guy. And so now it's like... Really in the public eye because after that, they were like, okay, now we got to release details of who he is. Yeah. So he had gone to a few family members to try to get help, but some undercover police actually found him like a more sketch kind of area of town. And so this was October 19th of 1995. When the police went to get him, he was like, fuck no, and like went to attack them with an axe. What? So, the police ended up having to shoot him twice, once in the leg and once in the stomach. He went to the hospital, surgery. He's fine. Of course he is. He said that he didn't have an accomplice, and he was like, I think a, I think there was a copycat. Oh, oh, Lord. He ended up being charged with 29 murders. Fuck. Yep. 
He pled not guilty. Of course. Well, he was found guilty of 38 counts of murder and 40 counts of rape and six counts of robbery. Wow. It took them three hours to read the verdict because there were so many cases. So they like... Okay, and we're going to take a break. We're going to come back tomorrow. Like, they had to postpone the next into the next day because it took them three hours to read his convictions. Like, I feel like, why couldn't they just be, like, guilty on all counts? You know? But, no, they had to read every single one. So, the next day when they, like, got his sentencing and stuff, and I think they only deliberated for, like, five hours or something, like, that many counts. Like, it probably took them long to be like, okay, on this count, guilty or not guilty, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess every victim got their... Verdict. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. That we know of, yes. Yes, but I mean, like, so I guess that's why they didn't say guilty on all accounts. Yeah, so that's true. it is... That's true. The, the judge said that, like, if the death sentence was not abolished Mm -hmm. that he would he's like i would have no problems sentencing you to death given the abhorrent nature of your crimes yeah so he was found guilty of all of them he was sentenced with like all the years that he got for each one to 2410 years in prison holy shit without the possibility of parole for at least 930 years well I mean, if he's a vampire, there is a possibility. Well, when he... Okay, after he was, like, shot and stuff, though, and he went to the hospital for Mm -hmm. the surgery, they found out there that he was HIV positive. When he was in jail for the the first Mm -hmm. rape, like, back in the day, another prisoner's, like, sister or somebody had been visiting them, Mm -hmm. and he basically had talked her into... A relationship like they had started writing and then they mm-hmm. so they ended up getting married after he got out and had a kid oh. well guess what he gave them both hiv what here's the kicker though oh fuck because they're on the outside and he's in prison mm-hmm. he's getting better medical care than them because the prison system has to provide it to him oh my gosh and so he's getting better, basically better care than them. Wow. Because he's... So this kind of goes along with, like, everything that we've talked about, about yeah. the prison system and the, like, how hard it is. Because if you just said, like, a prisoner has HIV and they're not able to get their medicine, that would piss me off. Right. Because you have to care for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you hear that he's getting mm-hmm. his medicine every day no matter what and his ex-wife and child aren't, yeah, not okay. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it's, that's just when what he me. gave it to him. Uh-huh. Like, you know, because of his mm-hmm. felonious yeah. like fucking fuckery, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Hey, drinking game this time. Go back, listen to this episode. How many times we say fuck? Or any form of fuck. Uh-huh. Fuckwad, fuckery, yep. fuckity fuck face. <laughs> you just have a good old time with your fuckity fuck shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just like that too, just was like, Rrr. everything about him to me is a fucking monster. Yes. 
that he uses these poor people who have been through so fucking much Mm -hmm. that they have just come out of one of the biggest human crises, crises, whatever, that word, Mm -hmm. known to man. Yeah, known to man. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to, they're trying to, finally, they got out of a life of hell Mm -hmm. because their country's coming back together. Yeah. And he uses that against them because they had lived in these small communities they didn't know any better. They mm-hmm. were trying to better themselves and their families by finding jobs in, again, a more urban-type setting. Mm-hmm. And he fucking preyed on them. And that yeah. is blood-boiling. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, I need a blood pressure pill. And dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that sad-ass fucking note. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Did he die in prison? I mean, no, he's still the fuck alive. He's still the fuck alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fifty-four. Whoa, he is only fucking twenty years older. I mean, not exact, but twenty yeah. years older than us. And he has killed so many fucking people. He's killed more people than years I am alive. Yeah. That's, oh my God. He was one of the top, though, like, it, it, well, that we know of in the world. When he made that call to that magazine, mm-hmm, I think it was a newspaper, whatever, he told him that he had killed 79 people, though. And there are quite a few of his victims who are unidentified. Mm-hmm. Like, Wikipedia had a list of every single Gosh. one of them. But it's like, shit, there's no telling how many we don't know, though. Yeah. I mean, and just how fucking brazen that he again in broad daylight but like had this fake company he probably had mm-hmm. his little fucking business cards he's oh like my God. here i'll get you a job i'll help you he probably jacked off on his business card that's gross if it's too if it sounds too good to be true it's because it is yes besides patreon patreon is exactly as good as it is i mean even if we don't do it all until the very end of the month <laughs> Damn. Okay, can we can we make something about what we learned good? Okay. I learned that I have a Cadbury egg waiting on me. That ain't what you learned. Okay. Well, I mean, I did because I forgot about it for a minute and then I remembered. But I learned that people are hard. Decisions are hard. Mm-hmm. Big, big stuff has too many gray areas. <laughs> yes. And it's hard. So I just don't want to know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's so, the end of our podcast. Yeah. No more learning because we want to live in ignorance. No. That's what my friend Katie, like, if Casey and I talk about these cases and stuff, mm-hmm. my friend Katie, she's like, she's like she doesn't listen because she's like, I need to live in my bubble with my yeah. unicorns where I think everything's great. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to know. Can y'all not talk about that? In front of me? <laughs> and it's like, okay, I get that. Sometimes I, I need that too. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, again, there was details of this and the I survived episode that you did of this month. Like yeah. there were details where I was like, okay, you gotta, I can't, you gotta move on. Yeah. No more. Don't tell me any more about that. Yeah. <sighs> so sometimes I need to live in my blissful. Yeah. But you know what? This this is this is my positive. This is what we learned positive end. Okay. That 
I'm very thankful for the first responders and the police officers and detectives that deal with this stuff on a daily basis and cannot skim over the bad stuff. Yeah. They can't live in the land of unicorns and non-details because they're the ones that are figuring this shit out. Yeah. So big shout out and thank you to all of them. Yeah. And oh you, my gosh. All you people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody listening, this listening that does that. Yeah. That answers the 911 calls that, you know, is on the ambulance that's firemen and women and all those yeah. first responders, nurses and doctors and, you know. Gosh. Yeah. Cause I couldn't do it. I like to think I could. I could on the police side of inside, not going to like, Take down a person, yeah. like not that, not like a gunfight kind mm-hmm. of situation, like SWAT, but like a clerk and helping mm-hmm. with the like murder board and yeah. all of that. I could do nine one one. Nope, I could not. Well, do. first of all, I'd be like, can you speak quickly? Mm-hmm. And can you stop crying? What are you saying? <laughs> Yes, you you know who you'd be? You'd be the jackass 911 people that, like... Got sued and lost my job and ended up in prison because I hung <laughs> up on somebody that yes. needed help. Yeah. But, like, you know, so many. Even, like, on cold, that mm-hmm. 911 mm-hmm. operator... I forgot the number. I was like, listen to her! Uh, yeah. You know? And it's like... But, I mean, you wouldn't be that. You'd be like, come on, come on, come on. Where are you? Okay, 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 yeah. bye. You know? Calm down, ma'am. Calm down. Well, also, I think I know that... Well, not I don't know. I could definitely do the ER stuff. Uh, Yeah. I could do the ambulance stuff. Yeah, medical shit you got. I could do, like you were saying, with the police officer stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, this is all allegedly. We're not trying to downplay anybody's job. Oh, God, no. By any means. But I feel like I would be able to... Yeah. With the right... Whatever. Where what I wouldn't be able to do is the interviews because mm. that chess game. Yeah. I don't know that I would be. Mm-mm. Me either. There are times where I'm like, oh, he line. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. or, oh, that's the, you know, and I can pick up on something, but I, I wouldn't be good at that chess game. Yeah. To giving just enough rope to hang himself. But you, like you said, the chess game, like to, you know, you got to know when to pull back, when to intimidate, when to. You know, do all of that to get them to talk. I would be, I would be almost like Danny Reagan on Blue Bloods, and I hate his character. Mm-hmm. But because you see, I get like so emotional mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'd either be crying and being like, "We were all rooting for you. <laughs> How dare you!" <laughs> and my little Tyra moment, or you know, have like a pin and want to like jab his eyes out. Yes. Push them up against the wall and beat the fuck out of them. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. I was like, okay, girl. I mean, that too. You like a man in uniform, I mean, but you didn't say I what say? kind of uniform. What can I say? I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> if I was just a little bit crazier, I could totally be one of those women that writes to men in prison. <laughs> if you wanted to write, you'd be like, mm, it hurts my hand. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Sort of. If, if the prisoners could play Candy Crush and she could talk to him... All day long. Uh, no, because I'm a guys, rule follower, true. and they can't have a phone. I said if they could. Touche. Dang. That's a tangent if I've ever heard one. <laughs> All right. Rules to live by. 
Don't be a fuckwad. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.